Welcome to this brand new episode of Ceremony Circle. I am Allison Charles Story, the official Ceremony Circle guide and also best-selling author of Animal Power Book and Card Deck. And today we are joined by Ash Sumida. She is the co-owner of Third Eye Cacao and Third Eye Meditation Lounge, and she has been facilitating many community gatherings here in Austin, Texas for more than a decade. Those gatherings range from cacao ceremonies to authentic relating circles and Gene Key's human design study groups. She is also a trained teacher on metaphysical healing arts as well as somatic integration. And I've been able to personally connect with Ash in said ceremonial gatherings right here in Texas. And I knew I wanted to have her on to share about what is most present in her heart, why she feels cacao is the medicine to help heal the world, if she has certain cacao ceremonial etiquette tips that she wants to share, education on the different types of cacao and how you can select the one that is best for your own heart, what her motivation is for being such a devoted student of life in the world, and so much more. This Ceremony Circle time together embodies such a lovely energy, so I suggest you prepare your own cup of cacao and sit with us now and join us in Conversations with Cacao, the plant spirit that just might save the world. It's nice to have you here, Ash. Thank you for sitting with me and sitting with our sacred friend, Cacao. It is an honor. I feel the same. I was thinking this morning, I was like, where did I first meet her? And I think it was Music Hill Ranch. Oh my God. Yes. At Rod's place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Rod. It was... I believe the first modern Nirvana conference that was here in Austin a couple years back. And it was the VIP dinner of sorts where Luke and I were speaking and Deepak and different people. And we all gathered there that evening. I think that was the first place I met you and Neil. Yeah. We were serving up cacao. You sure were. (laughs) So nice. Mm -hmm. And just that thread right off the bat of one of the things that I have experienced so much and also witnessed so much with the spirit and loving medicine of cacao is that connection point, how it weaves and brings certain people together. And, you know, I met you guys, we all go on with life. And then I got woven back by learning that you all had a physical location in downtown Austin and I've spent many an afternoon at third eye cacao lounge. And then also the other space, I could be incorrect in this, but I attended some sort of a spiritual event, a gathering. And I think it was also your space across the way there, or is it just, yeah. yeah. So third eye meditation lounge and elixir bar is located inside of the Casa de Luz village. Yes. And there's multiple rooms there. I'm still learning this village. Yeah, I know. There's so many rooms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And our bar is in one of those rooms. And then we have access to all of the other rooms where we host events, community gatherings, classes, sound healings, all kinds of things. That's what I'm speaking of. And yeah, yeah, thanks for clarifying because Mm -hmm. I have been to Casa de Luz 
a number of times and I'm still like trying to understand. I'm like, wait, what goes with what? Or how does this work? Or is this also theirs? And it's an incredibly magical zone. You know, it's such a special location. How did you guys even end up there? Cause it feels like such a prized, especially even in actual downtown where it's at, it's like near the park and it's so beautiful. It is quite the vortex. It is. I feel like when you're walking in, you feel like you're walking into another country or something. I would agree. And I would say how it manifested for us, we were originally on the east side. And when the pandemic hit, we made a very brave decision to not close. And we didn't have more than five people at a time in there, but we really wanted to stand strong in the idea that we wanted to remain a lighthouse for the people. And it started to attract certain energies that didn't feel sovereign anymore. And when we got the call that we were going to need to leave that space, because it was right under the freeway, there was a lot of homeless people around because of just 2020 was rough for everyone. And I'm a former Brooklynite and the last place that I lived in Brooklyn was also right near an interstate. So I understand that energy. It's it's different. It started to feel like our lighthouse was getting a little dimmed by the energy. And I I don't want to put us in a place of victimhood or anything, but it just started to not feel like it was in alignment anymore. And we put a couple of feelers out for other places. Now, um, Neil and I both, we've been in Austin for about 11 years and we've known the owner of Casa de Luz. We've been going to Casa de Luz for many years. Neil was going for about 10. I was going for about eight and we absolutely loved that village. And we reached out to Wyo. We kind of planted a seed. And a few months later he reached out to us and he was like, we would very much love to have you guys move in. And so it was a beautiful manifestation and wow. it felt so much more in alignment because we were joking about how we wanted to remain a lighthouse on the east side and light up that area. And then when it no longer felt in alignment, literally Casa de Luz, the house of light. That's what it translates to. Wow. It was like, yes, bring your light to us. And so till this day, he still credits us for like bringing the crowd in, bringing the people in. Because in some ways when we got there, it was a little dead because of the 2020 thing and all yeah. that. So. I could see how that place could so easily be either or. Yeah. Like it could feel, not like a haunted house, but like it could feel <laughs> a little just like kind of empty, not dilapidated, but you know, mm-hmm. kind of that. Mm-hmm. Or it can feel like this thriving village yeah. with people constantly circulating in and out and all sorts of magic happening, which is what it currently is, thankfully. Yeah. And I think there's a past with that property. I don't know anything about it. I would love to know something. Yeah. But about 50 years ago, it actually used to be a slaughterhouse. (gasps) I had no idea. Yeah. And they would cows and pigs and like that main courtyard in front of our lounge, all those drains that you see. No. Yeah. That's where like it would happen. And so for Wyo to come in and turn it into a macrobiotic vegan village that the sole mission or pillar of that place is holistic health 
is such a huge karmic turnaround for that space. And I think that's why it's just so beautiful that it's become the thing that it is now. So I'm gobsmacked. Yeah. <laughs> I know most of you are only listening, but my jaw is on the floor. <laughs> I love learning things like this because now my experience will forever be, you know, it'll be shifted in a positive way because I'll just have a deeper understanding and a deeper reverence and a deeper yeah. awe, sense of awe of the journey of this particular land and property. Now, every time I cross through that <laughs> courtyard, I will be like, whoa, yeah. I will ad be attuned in a much different way. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to tell Luke that too. Mm -hmm. That is fascinating. Right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so, okay. So with the spirit of cacao, mm -hmm. I wanted to learn from you. I think I read a little bit about it either on your Instagram or your website, but I, I really love your doorway into the land of connecting with cacao. So if you could share a little bit about your, your personal story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Back in, it, well, it's, it's kind of funny. The first time I ever tried it it was just at her girlfriend's house and she didn't really know how to make it and it was just such a funny experience and then I didn't really know a whole lot so I did some research and you know one of those the, almost like those synchronistic moments when you learn about something for the first time and then almost like a day or so later it's just like opportunity. We had that moment downstairs yeah. when you first got here. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so not too long after that, I got invited to a cacao ceremony that was happening at Barton Springs with some friends. And I had a, a few dear friends who were in town from Guatemala and they brought literally trunks full of cacao. Mm. And we all sat down in a circle and it was just such a beautiful, sunny Austin day. And when we were drinking it, after we set the intention and we tuned into the spirit of it, I almost immediately started to feel my heartbeat. And a lot of the times throughout my whole life, I've been very tuned into my heart. And any time that I've ever experienced any fluctuation in it, I know that there's something here for me. Mm. And when my heart started to beat... I was like, oh my God, are there mushrooms in this? Are th is there any other plant medicine in this? And my friend, forget to tell me. <laughs> yes. And my friend at the time, she was like, open your heart to it. And I remember just fully surrendering into my body. And every moment after that was so synchronistic. Mm. And there, the conversations that we were having and the love that we were all tuning into and all of those friends that I had met or I celebrated in that cacao ceremony with to this day are very, very dear friends of mine. Mm. And it was a very significant point in my life where I remembered what it felt like to tune into my heart fully again. And I had experienced what it would, what it feels like to fall in love with friends. Oh, and I, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And it was just, it was really magical. And one thing that I, I will just speak into that I thought was very sweet and synchronistic was after the ceremony, my friends and I decided to just go for a walk around Barton Springs. And when we were saying bye to each other, 
we weren't saying bye. We were saying, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> and then as we were walking away, maybe just like another block comes by and this school bus turns right in front of us. And this little girl pulls down the window and shouts out, you're beautiful. It was just one of those universal moments where yes. you just kind of lovingly get smacked in the face mm. as a reminder of how powerful you are as an attractor in this life. And I remember just getting brought to tears and that was a really pivotal moment in my life. Mm. And it was from that moment where I felt so turned on by all of what I wanted to create and bring to the world. And I continued to work with the medicine after that and found different ways of discovering how I want to share it and offer it. But that was a really big time. Yeah. There were a few things that came in as you were sharing that beautiful share. I felt like I was kind of on the periphery of that ceremony a little bit. I was really seeing it and vibing it. One thing I'm curious, you were with Neil at that time? No. No. And it's funny because that was actually almost right before I had met him. And when he was also in the Amazon jungles discovering cacao. Mm. So when we look back at our timeline, it's just kind of funny how we were both getting introduced and learning about it around the same time. Mm. Shortly after that, we, we met and we were friends for a long time before we actually started dating. And so it's just been a, a slow, beautiful unfolding in our relationship. Oh, I love that. Luke and I's path is very similar. We were also friends for about, I don't know, three and a half years before. And um, Grandfather Medicine Peyote was our main guide into very clearly inviting us to become something more than friends. <laughs> and so I always love stories where these sacred spirits, these mm. ancient mm. teachers come in to just wake us up in a different way or do a little prodding. Or for me, it was like literally told me three things that once we left the TP and got um, back to our Airbnb, like the medicine told me three very distinct things all of which were very uncomfortable to bring up, <laughs> to speak to him. And it was through that conversation that wow. we became a couple Wow! because I listened yeah. to what the medicine told me to say. So I love that you two in your own cacao way had those weavings going yeah. on too. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful full circle moments for us like that. Oh, so good. I want to stay with you and Neil and the attunement there. How did cacao play a role? Like, do you remember the first time you both sat together with cacao or would you say that it played a significant role in you two finding love and shifting from friends or not? Potentially. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of different components mm -hmm. to, I think, why we started dating and we fell in love. But I do feel that one of the main ones was recognizing our love for cacao. Mm. And when we first started getting more curious about each other, I was actually, I had just sold my previous business. I used to have a hiring agency. What kind of hiring, like for 
people jobs and operations assistants okay yeah i would recruit and train and place operations assistants to ceos based on their human design and wealth dynamics interesting Mm -hmm. yeah and i did that for close to six years and after i no longer felt in alignment with that work and i um, lovingly said goodbye to it i wanted to start to explore tapping more again into just the ceremony work and bringing people together and communities. And so I had some marketing background and I offered to support Neil in running Facebook traffic. (laughs) Great. And that started off really well. And then we started dating and who, how did that happen? Who asked who out on the date? (laughs) Who made the pivot? It's funny. It's not like one initiated over the other. I used to host Gene Key's study groups in my living room and he came over to one of them. Actually, he came over to a few of them. And after like the fourth or fifth one, we were already kind of working together at that point. At the end of it, everyone left and it was just him and I, Mm -hmm. and he was laying on the floor and he kind of just opened his arms up to me. It was almost like a no verbal communication thing. And I just laid in, I like crawled into his arms and we held each other. And then our breath started to slow down Mm. and our heartbeats started to synchronize and we took deep breaths together. And I was like, Oh, there's something here. (laughs) What am I feeling? Mind you, you know, we've been drinking lots of cacao and, throughout just our times together and all of that. And so I think that there is like a progressive opening up our hearts to realizing that there was a connection. Mm. And after that night, we were pretty inseparable. (laughs) So I love that. And how did the weaving just staying in this thread? Cause it's Mm. so lovely. At what point did either or both of you at similar time have the idea to take your personal love and reverence for cacao and want to share it more with the world and cultivate it into more of a business as well. Cause that's a big decision. Yeah. So just a little bit of a backstory. He started Third Eye Tonic in 2016. Okay. Originally, he was making bottled cacao and he was trying to get it inside of stores and things mm. like that. But the shelf life and the sediments and all of that stuff, it was just hard to figure out. There wasn't much margin in it. And so he decided to open up Third Eye Meditation Lounge on the east side in 2018. I did not start till the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. So he had had already had the business. And so that's when I was like, I I would love to come support you. I'd love to help you. And then after it was almost like we tapped into the potential of where third eye could go by us combining our love, our reverence, and also our skills together to really create a brand that would take off. And Neil is the genius behind creating and what's the word I want to use mixing all of these different elixirs and potions and all the recipes and things like that. And I was just the 
power that came in and made it look pretty. Mm, I think you probably did a little bit more than that, but I hear you. Yeah. I see you as like this divine flame, this violet flame that came in and just like ignited a new, yeah, life. And yes, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And so I think it was it was something that we both had wanted. I personally, like my whole life, have always wanted to have a partner who I, in some ways, was doing everything with. Yeah, I and, hear you. Yeah, and just be that power couple mm-hmm. and take on all the responsibilities that come with it, too. And I wasn't afraid of that, and neither was he. And it just unfolded in the way that it did. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And I'm curious just personally, and also because I'm sure we have a wide range of cacao ceremonialists and cacao lovers joining us, either maybe they just recently had their first sit with it, or maybe there's ceremonialists who have been facilitating for a long time. But, you know, when I go into your physical location, in the village. And then also on your website, there's so many different types of offerings. And for me, that, that feels somewhat unique. I've worked with a lot of different cacao over the years, but in my personal experience, when I go to that store or go to that website, like there's a one type that you can get, or when I get in contact with my elder in Guatemala, there's like a one or two main types that I can get, but with your guys' offerings, they're different locations. And I just wonder if you can take us through a little bit and explaining some of the options, because I think that could be expansive for some who have even sat with cacao before, but then it's like, oh, there's all of this kind too. Yeah. To understand uh, your question a little bit more, are you referencing the different regions or the different elixir powders? The the different regions and also how when you go into the store, like the one I have down in the kitchen are those tiny little... um, The criollos, the golds. Yeah, we call it the golds. And then there's the bricks and the paste and just like all the... Just explain a little bit more Mm -hmm. the different types. Yeah. Well, I will say that the only type of cacao that we do source is always heirloom grade. It's permaculturally harvested and also ceremonial grade. But ceremonial grade is not actually a term that was created by farmers. It was actually created by a man who owns Keats Cacao. Okay. And he kind of, in some ways, sets the initial bar, that standard for what it means to source heirloom grade cacao. And when something is permaculturally harvested, that means that it's single origin, And it's harvested from a farm where the lands were originally meant to grow cacao. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to do any name calling, but if you look at the main chocolate brands that you find in almost every single department store or grocery store, they actually get their cacao from Africa Mm. where they purchased acres and acres of land burned forests down and then implemented cacao trees, cacao farms. And sadly, use slave labor or child labor to then harvest this cacao. So anything that is heirloom grade, ceremonial grade, permaculturally harvested, it means that it was meant to grow there. It's hand picked, hand harvested, sun dried, hand mashed, organic, all the way through. Potentially has an unbroken lineage of cacao families who generation after generation. Absolutely. Yeah. Many of our farms have that. And so... I think that when 
people are purchasing cacao or purchasing chocolate, it's very important to look at where these cacaos or where the cacaos are coming from, where it's being sourced from. Generally, a lot of the South American regions are the ones that have the single origin, the ceremonial grade, all of that. And so to answer your question of the different forms, each farm, they dry their cacao differently. And what I mean by that is that it comes from the fruit of the tree. They pull the beans out of the pot. Which I love in the raw form. Those love, beans, oh the pods, yes. it's such a magical it's bean. It's delicious. So delicious and so different. Yeah. When yeah. you drink cacao and then have it in that form, it's like two very different experiences. Totally. Yeah. We're actually working with one of our farmers right now to send us actual like boxes of pods, Amazing. just straight pods from the trees. So we're excited. I'm excited. Just offer that, that to people, the experience of it. Please let me know when it arrives. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. We also actually, we sell the pulp in these little like pouches, mm. just the pulp, the white fleshy part that surrounds the cacao bean. And what are the benefits of working with that? Like, how do you work with just the pulp? Well, I mean, it's full of fiber. Okay. And it has a lot of the medicinal benefits in terms of antioxidants, minerals, some fats, but the fats actually come more from when it gets tempered a little bit. So the, when they pop the beans out of the white pods and they stone mash it and they do this for hours, just all these beans are just hand mashing. A lot of our farms, they have these giant granite or stone rollers and they're just sitting there for a few hours. Just... I've seen many videos, but I, I was just reflecting. I don't think I've actually in person witnessed it, but I know what you speak of. Yeah. And so when they get those beans, well, after the fermentation, they have to ferment it first, but after they ferment and then they hand mash it and roll it, they get it into this paste and then they take that paste and they put it in these different molds. So that's why like our Peruvian farmers, they put the paste in molds that are like little chocolate chip molds. Yeah. The little chocolate chip. Yeah. What, did, what was the word used earlier? What did you call that? Oh, well, it's called gold, mm -hmm. but, um, criollo is a type of strain. There's three to four, like more common strains of heirloom cacao. Okay. It's nacional, trinitario, criollo, and, um, I'm going to butcher the name of this. I'm so sorry for the listeners. You just do your best. Sin they will forgive you. Sin Sinicaro. Sounds good to me. Yeah, Sinicaro. I know that's how you kind of generally pronounce it, but yes. <laughs> and are those that you just described, are they denoting coming from a different place in the world, a different mold? What is that explaining? It's whenever you see cacao that says Criollo on the name of it, that generally means that it has at least 52% fat. Mm. So it's a lot more creamier, butterier, butterier. Mm -hmm. butterier. Uh, butter I like it. Yeah. Butter, more buttery. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just intuitively picked that one for some reason. So I was just curious. Yeah. Almost like, uh, I'm just going to give you an example. Marijuana. Okay. And there's different strains, strains of okay. marijuana. Uh -huh. Cacao has different strains as well. Okay. So the one that I have in my kitchen, what is that one? That's the Criollo and it's considered what components it has and maybe why I selected yeah. that one. That person is one of my favorites. I really love yeah. it. And I actually love making a banana, a chocolate chip banana bread one with that one. Ooh, yeah. tasty. Do you have that recipe on your website? 
Not on the website, but I have it. I could text you for it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and then could you give another example of one of the other ones and what, if it's less buttery, like what is that one mm-hmm. like? Generally, yeah, the other ones are not as buttery. It has a little less fat, like the Genitaria one, for example, is a little bit more dark, a little bit more bitter. I know some of them have like a floral component. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes that actually has to do a lot more with the region of where it's sourced from. It's really cool. Like a lot of people don't realize this, but cacao is very much like wine, Mm -hmm. depending on the environment and the soil and the just the natural essences that are around the trees influences greatly the flavors of the notes that come out through the cacao. Hey fam, popping in here super quick to remind you that my best-selling Animal Power book and card deck are both available and out now. Animal Power book is 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. It's a deluxe compendium of power animals. So anytime you dream of an animal or have an animal continuously crossing your path and you're wondering why is this animal showing up so much for me, just pop into my beautiful book that also has a gorgeous full page color illustration of each animal to learn its wisdom teachings and meanings so you can more deeply understand why that animal showed up in your life. An animal power deck is super fun to work with. You can pull a random card to see what animal has a message for you that day or ask the deck a specific question to see what clarity might reveal. Both animal power book and deck are available everywhere books are sold. The book has been the number one new release in shamanism and many other categories. You can also get them from my website. And when you visit there, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. You'll also receive a free video drumming shamanic journey that I personally guide where you can meet your current power animal. I appreciate your support so much. And now back to today's show. I really feel good about this bit of education component that we're offering because it feels so important. So yeah, can we stay where we're at and can you share a little bit more? You mentioned Peru. What are a couple other locations that you all have some of your cacao from? Um, We source from Guatemala. And actually our farmers down in Guatemala, shout out to Cacao Source. Um, It's a women's cooperative and um, it's just, they're really awesome. Mm. They're very sweet. Uh, we also source from Colombia and our farmers in Colombia, fun fact, um, they actually specialize in turning cocaine farms into cacao farms. Wow. So we always joke about how it might be like a placebo effect, but for some reason, the Colombian cacao is just a little bit more uppity okay. than I'm going to test this than the other ones. The next time I come into the store, I'm going to get one that's from Colombia and see what my experience is. Yeah. I love random facts like that. Mm-hmm. And so with all of this, I would also love for you to share because as we know, and we are witness to, and there are positives and some other sides that come along with what I'm about to say, you know, there's massive growth every day and the realms of spirituality and people who are having awakenings and 
even ones who are staunchly resistant to anything, quote unquote, woo woo. So over that term, but like, so, <laughs> so like poo poo to the woo woo. And now they're like, Oh, I remember you telling me about your palm reader. What was that person's name? And so like, we're seeing this massive ever occurring shift and it's beautiful. And there are many ways that I have seen people answering these calls and curiosities and some holds deep reverence and really pure devotion and love to be educated and others not so much. And so I guess what I am calling into our conversation at this point is for you to share from your perspective and your experience a few key components, even if someone is just wanting, not necessarily to facilitate a large group, but even just sitting with themselves or with their partner at home, what would be a few key things that you would recommend they weave in so that the reverence and the ancient lineages and just some of these pieces that I feel are very important to keep infused mm -hmm. in these practices, what would you recommend? Yeah. Well, there's a few things that I would recommend, but I feel what's coming through in this moment is to first clarify that there are many different types of audiences, I would say, that search for cacao. And the reason why there's different types of audiences is because everyone has a different reason as to why they go to cacao. We have a lot of people from our farmer's market, for example, that just want to get off coffee. They just want to stop drinking coffee. They want to find something that's more energizing, that gives them the fuel that they need, that isn't as acidic to their body. And then there are other people who are genuinely wanting to experience that heart opening experience and that connection. And then there's other people who just really love chocolate and they want to experience that. So for all of the different types of people that go and drink cacao, if they're wanting to experience more of a more spiritual experience with it, I would say that the few things that would really help bring a reverence into it is one, being in a quiet, comfortable place mm. and Tapping into either the idea or the imagination that there is something at play here that is much more powerful than just human experience or just what the human can do. For example, tuning into a cacao spirit and just playing into the imagination that there is that power, that energy that is far beyond what we can even comprehend that is here to help facilitate a heart opening experience mm -hmm. for you. And then bringing in the energy of love and gratitude. Something that I do in my ceremonies is I tell people, think of one thing that comes to mind or your heart. And it's the very first thing that you are extremely grateful for that comes to you without any resistance. What is that one thing? And tuning into that allows them to tune into the energy of gratitude. Mm. And then we enhance it a little bit more and we throw in unconditional love or the love of a baby or the love of an animal or whatever it is. And then we kind of in some ways harness that 
energy. We allow it to move through our entire body and then we share it with the person sitting across from us. We share it with the room or the city, whatever it is. But tuning into that energy of gratitude is what I also do feel helps us soften and open up our hearts to receive the medicine of cacao. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And just intentionality, creating an intention around it. If they're sitting down with themselves and they're having a morning ceremony with themselves, they're having that morning routine of drinking cacao, doing yoga, or they want to have a sweet date night with their partner um, or with their family, whatever it is, just creating an intentionality and edifying with themselves or with the other person. We're going to sit down for a little bit. We're going to drink this chocolatey milk thing and we're going to choose to be really present with each other. And in those moments of edification and intentionality, we can find and tune into the medicine that is there to be offered. And how important do you feel it is to at least take a moment? Because if I'm not mistaken on all of your bags, like it states, you know, like where it comes from, how important do you feel it is to even for just a second to thank the lands of Peru for providing mm-hmm. this experience and this medicine and weaving some of those, like going back to the roots of where it comes from. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely an element of honoring, not just the cacao spirit itself, but the people who have touched it, the grounds that it had come from, even the, the midges that they call it, the, there's these little bugs called midges that are actually super important for the pollination of cacao trees. Little midges? Little midges. I'm going to have to look them up. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of them. Yeah. And so I do that as well in my ceremonies. I'm going to start weaving in. Yeah. Thanking the midges. Taking a moment to thank every little element that yeah. is responsible for bringing this cacao into our hands today. So yeah. definitely that, that element as well. Hmm. And do you all offer any sort of trainings or support for people who are hearing a call to take their practice more into a facilitation or anything like that? Yeah. So we're actually in February of next year. We have not actually made the official announcement for this yet, but we are going to our partners, our farmers out in Guatemala. We're going out to their lands and we are hosting a cacao facilitation training retreat. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say when it it might be? In February next year. February of next year. So February, 2024. Mm -hmm. It's good to get this on our radar now. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is even speaking to me. And so people Mm -hmm. would have an opportunity to sign up up and travel to the actual lands and I'm sure we'd be able to meet some of the farmers. We would actually get to stay on the farm. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. It's really exciting. It's a lot of hiking because we would be hiking through all the cacao farms and some of the jungles and things like that. Sign me up. Yes. We're really excited for it. And Right now, we don't do any facilitation trainings, but we do very often cacao making classes, cacao history classes, 
Uh, we even do cacao tasting nights where we invite people to try all of the different regions and mm. blends and things like that. So. That's nice. I'll have to look up one that. I mean, I've tried so many different types of cacao, but it, mm -hmm. it would be cool in one evening, like in present time to compare. Yeah. I haven't done it in that way. And I'm sure people can find all of this information on your website, yes. which is remind us what that is. Thirdeyecacao.com. And you can actually spell it 3rdi.com or T-H-I-R-D-I.com. Okay. And you mentioned something before I hit the record button. I would love for you to take us on a bit of a voyage around what you mean when you say that cacao could potentially be the medicine to help heal the world. Because <laughs> that resonated when I heard you say it. Mm, yeah. It's something that uh, I tuned into that very first cacao ceremony that I got to participate in. And still till this day, it's been very strong in my belief system. For thousands of years, many tribes have been drinking cacao and they used to call it the elixir of the gods. Mm -hmm. And they actually also used to treat it like a currency. They used to treat it like it was gold. And I think the many reasons of that was because they knew of its spiritual benefit to help open up the heart. And I think that with everything that has happened in our society, we are sometimes programmed to live very close hearted yeah, and protective. It, it feels, it disguises as safer that way, right? Yeah. It's a protection mechanism, mm -hmm. which I don't shame it. I have a lot of compassion for it because I know what it's like to live in that way. And also with such a powerful plant medicine like this, when you get to participate in drinking it and tapping into all of the reverences that come along with enjoying and, and having a ceremony around it, I do personally believe that every person who gets to do that gets to experience that heart opening experience. And it's also a decalcifier because it's very potent in the fats and in the minerals, which is alkalizing and anything that is alkaline can help decalcify the pineal gland and rid of fluoride calcification in the body. Mm. And when I think when it can help do that, it can decalcify our third eye. It can help heal the adrenal fatigue that we experience. There's just a lot of different biological components that is different than just saying the spiritual benefit of it opening up your heart. But when all of those elements can be healed at the same time, it can help us actualize connecting with other people from our heart centered place. And the reason why I say that it can help heal the world is because I do believe that cacao is very much like food where mm. food brings communities together and so does cacao. And when we can practice in community, in a group setting, not just with our own selves, which is powerful as well, but with other people practice opening up our heart and having more vulnerable conversations or allowing ourselves to be seen, allowing ourselves to feel around other people. That's when that connection really starts to form. Yeah. And recognizing that 
you're not alone and that you have the ability to tap into love whenever you want. And when things become more difficult for you later in life, you have this reference point of feeling so much love to go back to and remind yourself that you are here for a far greater purpose, which is to help heal the world Mm. and to help bring people together and to help them feel loved, to help yourself feel loved. And that's why I truly believe that cacao is the medicine for that. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely a huge shift that happens. Well, I guess I can just speak for myself, but yeah, my personal experience in varying types of relationships, but the one that's presenting my mind as as an example right now is with like some sisterhood and some friends, girlfriends here. Yes. Feeling a resonance. Yes. Really feeling like we're in alignment. Yes. Both being willing to and desiring to hang out together, share space together, sit in ritual and ceremony together. But there, there is a marked turning point that happens when there's a different level of sharing and vulnerability. And then all of a sudden it's like this very specific intimacy medicine just presents. And every Mm -hmm. time that happens, like I, like, you know, it when it's happening and it's like, Oh wow, right there in that conversation or right there in that scenario or experience, our relationship, like I knew I loved you, but now things are happening on a whole different level in a whole different way. And that's what I was feeling into that the power of cacao holds within it is, are those true shift turning points where it goes from not necessarily fully surface, but like all of a sudden there's a whole other connection Mm -hmm. that has formed. Yeah. I have seen it countless amounts of times at this point where myself or other facilitator friends of mine have taken a room full of strangers and made them best friends. Mm. And I don't want to say that it's all because of the cacao, but it helps soften the heart enough to, to release any insecurities or layers of protection that would prevent them from actually getting to connect. And that love that you speak about, like that you have experienced with your girlfriends, I genuinely do believe that's, that comes from a place of recognizing, Oh, I'm seen for who I am. Yeah. I'm seen for who I am. And that's, really powerful to experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have so much to give thanks to cacao for, and I do my best regularly to offer up that thanks. But what's been interesting is like, I know specifically, you know, I've worked with a lot of guides and a lot of my own just inner divinity and a lot of different high intelligence spirits when called. So I have a lot of different types of relationships But with cacao, what's interesting is like, I know it has played such a monumental role in my life, but I can't exactly tell you how or what it's done, but I just know it has done such massive things for me (laughs) for so many years. You know, I can't give like concrete examples like I can with the peyote or, you know, different spiritual guides or medicines that I've worked with, but I just know I owe so much to cacao. I couldn't agree more. 
it functions differently for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I've dabbled in many plant medicines that have been absolutely life-changing for me. Yeah. But the one that has been the most consistent for me has been cacao. Consistency. I think that's a good way to explain it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. been such a steady through line ally mm-hmm. and medicine for me. I've worked with it very regularly for so many years. So mm-hmm. I guess all that to say, thank you, cacao. Thank you, cacao. Thank you, dear friend, cacao. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the closing zone of our conversation, I just had a curiosity about what you feel most proud of for yourself in life. When you reflect to your own journey, what bubble lifts up to the surface of like, you know what, like I can tell you're a woman that has a lot of grace and a lot of humility. (laughs) And I would like to hear from you an area where you're like, dang, I, you know what, uh, give myself a little pat on the back for that one. <clears throat> She's even choking on it. Of course. I know. I'm like, of course I have something like in my throat as I'm about to say. She's like, I can't say it. <laughs> Cause I can tell you really, you feel like such a devoted being to me. I can tell you are willing to show up. You're willing to face things you, I can tell you have put in a lot of personal work. I just know that about you. A part of me wants to like say something about the business and where it's going. And then I also think to this compliment that I received a few nights ago, a dear friend of mine said that if Yoda and Kuan Yin were to have a baby, it would be you. That's And I, it took me back for a second I was like what and then I sat with it a little bit more and I was like wow I I actually in some weird way really resonate with that and I feel very proud of myself to feel that I've embodied that and also that I have reflected that to the people around me who love me who know me most and I feel very proud in the ways that I have showed up for this community and how I've held space and I've given undying compassion for and mm. unconditional love for. And I do thank the Cocosita Medicina for helping me tap into that love continuously so that I can show up for my community in that way. And with all of the new locations opening up and all of these new opportunities for communities to start to flourish and get to, to tap into this medicine, I think Neil, of course, I think this medicine, but I'm also very grateful for me and for what I've been able to help cultivate from it too. So I loved hearing you say that. I I loved saying it. Good. (laughs) Good. It looked good on you and it just felt right (laughs) to hear you say like, Mm -hmm. I am doing a really great job at this. And can you elaborate? I don't know if it's announced yet, but can you share? Because some people are probably like, ah, I don't live in Austin. You know, mm-hmm. are you able to say? Yes? Yeah, okay. I am. I believe so. Okay. <laughs> so let me know after if I can, if I have to wait. But we recently partnered with Flow Yoga Studios and they have multiple locations all over Austin and Dallas and they're actually acquiring more all over the country. And their goal is 
to continue to acquire more wellness spaces or yoga studios so that we can put a third eye elixir bar inside of all of these studios. Now we've already successfully done it in a few other of their studios in Austin mm. and they're having two open up in Dallas. And then we have new partnerships developing in other wellness spaces. So Columbus, Ohio is about to have one. Shout out to the Midwest because I come from Indiana. Yeah. And so I love that that neck of the woods is going to have the spirit yeah. more there. Yeah. Shout out to Ebb and Flow in Columbus, Ohio, because the owner, she's such a sweetheart. And she's actually been working with cacao for a couple of years. And she's been doing little cacao ceremonies in Columbus Sweet. for the last couple of years. So she's super excited to just start to actually be able to give it to people on a regular basis. Yeah. So that feels so good. Yeah. And then we've got Asheville, North Carolina about to open up that makes and Ohio, California. And then it's in the works right now, but West LA. So, okay. I mean, this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I have goosebumps. It's huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just kind of want to take a second to like mm. present that and really marinate and that fruition and that journey because what I'm seeing in the field is just like so much had to happen and so much had to come together for you to be able to sit here and say like yeah we're here in Austin and Dallas and Asheville <laughs> And Ohio mm -hmm. and a couple of places in California. And like, it also happened pretty darn fast. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting because I mean, Neil and I, we went back and forth for a long time about, are we franchising? Are we opening up actual third eye lounges in other places and buying property and renovating it to what we want? Like, you know, we just went back and forth mm -hmm. and then it just, the idea of us solely doing the elixir bar in wellness spaces and community spaces that are already established hit us. We wanted to be more connected to community. Mm -hmm. And the second that that happened, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. So, wow. Yeah. Good tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Because it makes sense. It's one of those brilliant ideas where you're just like, oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. You know, after it happens. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing with my book. I've told that story a million times. People are probably like, don't tell that again. But for anyone new, <laughs> I like eight-year journey meetings. I living in New York City, all these meetings with all these literary agents, all these publishers, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Couldn't get clear on the book. Couldn't get clear on the book. Finally landed on the right literary agents finally thought we landed on clarity in the book flew myself off to bali to write that book first morning meditation all the animals flood and they're like that's not the book i'm oh, like wow what? it took me four years to get to here and I, I, i'm supposed to write about surrender no you're not you're supposed to write this book with us and so Wow. Surrendered the surrender book and <laughs> answered the, I know, surrender to the animals. Cosmic joke, I know. <laughs> so at play and yes, so it's obviously said yes mm -hmm. to to my animal friends. And that I could maybe say in, in my shamanic career, that was like the biggest duh moment for me is like, because they were, like I said, other than, uh, maybe that was Krista's interview, other than Ascended Master Jesus, the power animal realm has been my greatest support, greatest allies of my whole 
walk of my whole path. And so, yeah, when they came in and I had been working with them like daily for like a decade, I'm like, oh, duh, Look, of course it's us. It's always been us. How did I not think of this? So yeah, well, all that to say, congratulations. And so, yeah, and just for people to track the retreat and these additional locations opening up, it would all be at that same website. If you could say, yeah, okay. it would be on third eye cacao, or it would also be on third eye lounge. Third eye lounge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two last things. One, let me know if there's any closing wisdom, prayer, anything that you um, want to come through to close with. And two, my last curiosity touches again on what I perceive to be the way that you do this walk, do this work with such devotion. I'm just curious, what would you say is your main guiding force, your main inspiration or motivation for staying so steadfast in the inner inquiry and the willingness to keep showing up and being curious about yourself and working on yourself? What fuels that? I'm tearing up right now because... It's something that I've recognized from a very young age. I really love love. Mm. I really love love. (laughs) And I will do a lot of things in my power just so that myself and the people around me can experience the kind of love that I have. Mm. Wow. that thank you yeah (laughs) sorry i'm crying (laughs) never be sorry for crying oh i just want to sit with that honestly give me a moment Mm So refreshing, so transparent, so real, and so makes sense that we would close <laughs> an interview about heart medicine, love medicine, cacao with what fuels your entire walk is love. And I had to laugh when you said, sorry for crying because it flashed me back to the ceremony two mm-hmm. nights ago and um, <laughs> a friend sharing space. He just dropped one of my favorite quotes of all time. He said, because I was crying in the ceremony and I was like, I was having this moment with him. What he said was so sweet. It clearly opened my heart. I was crying, feeling into what he said. And then I had this moment of reflection of just how beautiful crying is. And I was just like, crying is so beautiful. What a gift that we as humans get to have this experience of crying. You know, I just finally got present to how how unique and how exquisite it is. And just the water medicine, the salt Mm. water, just the clearing and the cleansing, just how glorious Mm. crying is. And as I was going into all of that, he looked at me and he said, I've never had a cry that was wrong. And for some reason, <laughs> like that quote, I was just like, what? I was like, help me remember that. I never had a cry that was wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm a water sign. Mm. So a lot of the times it's like the only way I know how to express my emotions. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm a crier and I love it. It's mm. always such good healing medicine. And 
I also could agree. I've never had a cry that was wrong. Yeah. Every cry just has such unique imprint codes, healing. It's always been right. So yeah. well, I, through that, that felt like a, a beautiful closing ceremony for me. Yeah. If that feels complete for you. Yeah. I think the final thing that I just love to tap into is that for everyone who's listening, I, myself, third eye cacao, cacao medicine itself wants to be the reminder of your first brain and your first brain is your heart. And when you can speak and act from that place, continually tuning into that place, every decision that you make is never wrong. And I just want to be that reminder of the importance of tapping into that brain first. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for joining. <laughs> yeah, you like whispering. Let's close out this episode. <laughs> whispering and I love that some believe that our third eye is actually our heart mm. and I love that you just called our heart our first brain yeah I also like to talk about our heart that's where the real intelligence lives yeah here's to living more at one with our hearts yes and thank you for joining us everyone and we will sit together again next time thank you Woo-wee! What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. So it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, if you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your